Got any ideas, Rich? What, what, what are we actually celebrating the Cinco de Mayo? 5th of May. Right, but why is that a famous day or popular? Or... It's got to be some sort of like Mexican independence or something, right? That's actually what a lot of people think, there but we it's go. a myth. It's, it really? It's not yeah. true. No? Mm-hmm. Inspired by the adventures of our nurses, therapists, and techs, A Beer with Atlas is the only healthcare-traveling, craft-beer-drinking podcast. Each week, we'll open a few beers, talk about the brewery and the style of beer, and then dive into some research curated specifically for each episode. In the end, we hope each one sounds like a conversation you'd have with your friends while enjoying a few cold ones. Hola, como esta? Welcome to another episode of A Beer with Atlas. I'm Rich. That's as Mexican as I get right there. I'm Brian. (laughs) Me llamo Dolan. Oh, there he goes. Oh, he me knows up. Look at that. Look at Dolan out <laughs> doing me with right. the... Uh, well, happy Cinco de Mayo. Uh, every year on the podcast, we try to... Uh, we find a Mexican lager. And uh, this year, Brian has found us a, uh, a, a craft Mexican lager. We've yeah. done mainstream ones and whatever else. You found us a craft one this year. I did. And I tried to find something that I haven't had before. And voila, here it is. Mm, that so, wasn't Spanish. That was French, I think. Voila. voila. Yeah. I don't know. Voila. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure, but Maybe. either way, we got a good beer, hopefully. I, I hope so. From Odd 13 Brewing in Lafayette, Colorado, Cit- Citrico Bombadero. I'm going to yeah. Is that right? C- yeah, Citrico, Citrico, Bombadero. Cit- Citrico Bombadero. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. I, if there's one thing that I know I have really come to enjoy... It's a good Mexican lager. Yeah. I, I just like how clean it is. I like the lime. I like the, it just all of the above. Like it just, it, it's just, if there's a good Mexican lager on the menu, if there's a Mexican lager on the menu, I will order it. Yeah. It goes Every, good with chips and salsa. Oh, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, yeah. On here, you know, we're usually talking about adjuncts in stouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on the can, this one just says adjuncts. Lime. Lime. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, yeah. it smells good. Oh, it smells. I can smell it from here. Like you just, it just. Oh boy. Mm. Yeah. All right. So before we get too far into this, I gotta ask. Uh huh. You okay? Yeah, I'm good. You I good? worked out. A, I I worked out a little too hard, and now I've got all this phlegm. Look at him flexing. I worked out. Too yeah. Hard. No, I, it was the first time I've worked out in quite a long time. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, okay. That's why it's killing me. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't do it. I try to stay away. <laughs> Okay, what's your favorite? When you go to a Mexican restaurant, yeah. like, what do you order? Oh, boy, that's a good question. Uh, I'm not a Mexican rice or refried beans person, so okay. I tend to stay away from the platter or meal. So I'm usually an a la carte type guy. Oh. So I'll go tacos. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. If they have some sort of nacho creation or fajitas, mm-hmm. I'll go that way. I always like to get the fajitas. Uh, just to see everybody's necks crane a little because they want fajitas when they hear the fajitas because they come out and they're it's like yeah. and they're like don't touch this it's hot and it really is sometimes oh, they're like no it's you know it's whatever but at a mexican place and they say don't touch this it's hot it is hot yes it will melt your fingerprints dolan what's your what's your go-to um go-to meal probably yeah tacos i mm-hmm. you can't go wrong wrong um otherwise i'm always getting a burrito mm. if it's like to go I just like the burrito. It's portable. Yeah. Sure. Mm, exactly. That's good. Are you? This beer is fantastic. I took a little way. sip. It First was... drink right out the bat. Yeah. Off the bat's good. Good lime flavor. 
nice, really smooth finish. If you had some lime beer salt and you put it on the lip mm-hmm. of this can, yep, it'd be good. It'd be a ten out of five. Two hundred percent. Dolan, do you like the beans though? Is, are you a bean? Oh fan? yeah, really? Yes. Mm. Um, but I can always do them better. Yeah. Well, I, I got my mom's recipe. It's so good. I don't know if it's traditional, but it's good. It just tastes good. Well, it's good. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I've grown up in Lincoln. We had a lot of you know. Americanized Mexican food. So oh, that's what I mm, think of. Right. Taco win was like tacos that didn't have any seasoning on them. It was just like mm. ground <laughs> beef. And that's a taco in Lincoln. So. That's not, no, wow. My uh, hometown, Columbus, Nebraska, there's a place called El Matador. And it's like the longest standing Mexican restaurant, mm. um, Mexican in air quotes, mm-hmm. restaurant. And uh, my wife, when we were in high school, she worked there. And the meat that they used is like all soy. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's Beyond Burger. Whoa, it's it's uh, well, it's like I don't know. It, it's like the lowest. Oh, it's like sixty percentage 40. beef yeah. that you can mm. use. Like um, but mm. yeah, all it is is that meat, and then like if you just order a taco, it's that meat, and then it's just like shredded cheddar cheese, nothing else. Mm. And it's probably the most plain bland and it's been open forever and people love it, love it. Yep. <laughs> yeah part of it's just the mystique of how long sure. it's been there right i guess i don't know i mean my grandpa on the farm he never had a taco his entire life never yeah. not one time so you know if he ventured into a small town that had yeah. a taco and he ate it he, he ain't gonna want no yeah. cumin mm. yeah Kumano, he's not gonna want that he's no. gonna want plain hamburger yeah. give me a hamburger that's in a shell that's i guess what that, have. that would make some sense i get that yeah. Uh, so Odd 13 Brewing is located at 301 East Simpson Street, Lafayette, Colorado. So where is Lafayette? Yeah. Because uh, I'm familiar with Denver. If you're familiar with Denver, there's there's Denver proper, mm-hmm. and then there's just a ton of cities, all yeah. like, towns all around there. And everything's within, I don't know, an hour or so of where you are, maybe an hour yeah. and a half of where you are. If you got to cross through Denver, it may take you a little bit longer or whatever. So, Old Lafayette, color Old Town Lafayette, which is where the brewery is located, is north of Denver. Okay. And then south of Longmont. Yes. And east of Boulder. Okay. Oh. So, if you know where Boulder is, yeah. They're on the west side. If you know where uh, of Denver, right? Then you've mm-hmm. got Denver over to the east and then you have Longmont to the north. It's smack in the middle of that. Hmm. So, the only time I went to Odd 13, uh, I had been to Weldworks and Wiley Roots oh boy. previously. Oh and I was geez. not the driver, of course. I was, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, along for the ride. And uh, so I don't remember really exactly how I got, <laughs> like directionally. I was like, all of a sudden, we were in this, it looked like a small town. And then there was a brewery right there. And we were like, oh, this is it. Weird. Yep. Okay, let's check it out. It's, uh, yeah, I want to say it's very nondescript, but I mean, it, it has its own personality. It's very cool. It is cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I, there's not a ton of information about the brewery online. And, and so I went with, and this is the reason that I started, that I drank Superfan in the first place. So Codename Superfan is their hazy IPA. Mm-hmm. It was the first hazy IPA that was, that was made in Colorado, made and distributed in Colorado uh, in 2015. So about 2016, uh, I was introduced to it. Uh, my, my friend uh, Rambo, who runs a liquor mm-hmm. store in Estes Park, 
his, his name is actually Rambo. It's his last name. His first name's Matt. Oh, but John. I mean, he's, his name is Rambo. Right? Yeah. So but, yeah. Uh, I'm like, hey, is there anything new? And because I hadn't been in there for a bit, and he's like, oh, how about this one? The the label looks cool, but I've never had it before. And it super, it, it's like a superhero looking guy or whatever. And yeah. on there, and I'm like, well, this label looks pretty kick ass. So I'll try this. Sure enough, it was probably the first hazy I had outside of maybe some of the stuff I've had here. Hmm. So back then, I mean, that's pre cross strain mm-hmm. stuff. So that's mm-hmm. probably homebrew you probably had. Yeah. Hazy stuff. That's early in the game. Right. Super early. They make amazing IPAs at this place. Yeah, they do. That's kind of like what that's the reason we went there. We were on a, like a hop voyage on this trip. And, uh, we stayed there longer than any other place, more than Weldworks. Because when we went to Weldworks, there was like mm. hardly anything there on tap. It was like a Tuesday. Wow. And there was just nothing yet. They were having all these cool, they had like a big party that was happening on the weekend. So they were going to release a whole bunch of stuff. So we showed up there and Wiley Roots kind of the same thing. They had like two IPAs. And we got to this place and there was like eight on tap. Oh. And uh, a food truck in the back. And our like hour time allotment ended up being like three and a half hours and <laughs> we made it to denver pretty late well but it was totally worth it though yeah oh. yeah well, especially when i wasn't driving it was awesome so instead of doing regular brewery research i went with the art on the cans okay because hmm. the their cans like i said are off the charts awesome yeah so you want me to do that first? Yeah, go ahead. All right, let me do that first. So they, and they list this pretty prominently on, on their the site. Yeah. On their site, and then I, I watched a few videos from one, the Brewers Guild, and then two, uh, their distributor had a video of, oh, of cool. them just kind of talking about it, and uh, it was it was funny. One of them was one of them said, I'm not exactly sure which you know who was talking. Uh, I assume one of the owners. Um, she said she's like, okay, so we just come up with an idea for a beer. And then we just look for some kind of rad design. She actually said kind of rad design. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. all right. And sometimes they come up with the name and they give it to the artists and the artists come up with something. So it, it's a very symbiotic relationship between the brewers and the and the artist. Yeah. To come up with these these ideas. So four different artists they, they uh, put on their website. Very specific, like about. If you go to the about page on their website, it isn't mm. about them. It's about their artists, mm-hmm. which is super fun. So it's like super fan, but super fun uh so one of them jesse glenn was one of the founders childhood friends um they call him jesse is an artistic badass and all-around nice guy uh, he's an independent illustrator graphic designer and uh he's got a website there linked directly to like linked directly to his website so you can see some of his oh, art cool. like how that plays in to this hmm. uh Kyrie wozab wozab i hope i am saying yeah that correctly uh does the can and bottle art, uh, uh, most of the other can and bottle art, and then is a uh, beer tender as well there. They call her her. I hope it's a her. Yeah, it is. Is it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Kai uh, designs and builds the uh, decorations for Odd 13 uh, GABF booth every year, which is kind of fun. I bet their booth is just... I, I read something that sh- they won best booth the year you had the beer, 2016. Wow. Which I didn't know they had a competition, not only for the beer, but like... The, the booth? booth design. Yeah. I'm, huh. Who knew? I've never been there. Which reinforces the fact that we should go. I've been wanting to go to, I almost had tickets one time to go to Great American Beer Festival for one day. <sighs> and that's all I need. Yeah. Because I'm not going to remember the rest. I yeah. don't need 
If you're there for one day, that's probably plenty. I think so. Unless yeah. it's just so giant that you can't get through it. Oh, yeah. Day. That's what it would be like. But I would push through. Just bust through. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Matt Peck doesn't do any label designs for them, but he does all of their social media. Mm. And so if you look at their website, if you've gone through their website or whatever, like he does all their social media. Yeah. Stuff like that. And then Joshua Garricks, G-E-R-I-C-S, Garricks. Okay. Uh, is the, uh, let's say he's a black and white designer. He's a tattoo artist at the Electric Chair in Bay City, Michigan. Uh, Joshua also has a beer named after him called Sir Joshua Black IPA. Mm-hmm. Yum. Which I like black IPAs. Yep. Roasty. Mm-hmm. But yeah, tattoo artist. So I think it's kind of fun. They, they highlight the art is so important to them. In the tap room. Do I remember this right? Wasn't it like graffitied almost on the mm-hmm. walls or painted on the walls and framed? Oh, yeah. And it was almost like an art gallery in there, if I remember right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Very proud of the art. And that's that's what drew me to the beer in the first place. And let's be honest, if you're if you're at your local beer store mm-hmm. and you're just looking at that wall of beer, yeah. how do you know what to buy? Like how do you know? Yeah, if you don't have like some inside info or you're just showing up and being like, All right, what what looks good? Yeah. Yeah, this is one way to do mm-hmm. it. It's reminiscent to me of um clown shoes. Very. Hmm. You know what I mean? Very, yes. Except this feels more homegrown than that. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like someone probably drew this. Yes. The art reminds me of uh, Star Fox, the game. The video game? This one here definitely does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a green version of Falco. In a lot of them, it seems like it's way more, I I want to say cartoony because that's not right, more comic book based. Mm -hmm. Whereas Mm -hmm. Clown Shoes is almost more... um, like artistic from the 50s and 60s, maybe posters you would see from a circus or that yeah. type of thing. So very similar, but then different in a, in a lot yeah. of ways. I, I enjoy all their can art. Um, the labels, whatever this font is, is always the same. Always, yep. But just different colors and stuff. Um, this one stood out to me just because of the lemon-lime kind of combo on the mm-hmm. can, and I was like, oh, that's the one we're going to go with this time. So... Um, did you talk about hours? You have that information? I did not. No, I got it. Okay. I got it for us. Um, as you would say, like any good brewery, they're mm. closed on Mondays. There you go. <laughs> Tuesday through Thursday, from two p.m. to nine p.m. Friday through Saturday, twelve to twelve, and Sunday, twelve to seven. They also have on their website a like a rotating um, calendar for their food truck. Mm. There's like a almost like a courtyard. So there's a in the tap room. You can go outside. There's a t- like a courtyard, and then there's a food truck that's just parked there. Hmm. And I don't know if that's permanent, and then the people just come in and use that. Oh, because it seemed to me like it would be hard to get to it. You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah. But also, I uh, was in Colorado and I had had a few beers, so <laughs> maybe there's a road that was right there. I don't know. But um, the day we were there, they had they had tacos, like street tacos, mm. was there. Yeah. Um, and they had all sorts of different places. Um, also on their website, I saw they had a nice big board for hiring. So right now they're hiring. If you want to be a seller person, well, work on their packaging line, uh, and you can. They said if it's for the right person, they will train you, and you can end up being a brewer. So there you go. If you're in Lafayette, I guess, and you need a job and you like beer, sure. go check them out. All right. Tell them we sent you. <laughs> Is there a referral bonus? Uh, I hope so. Could, could they beer. be? Could they be the first sponsor of our podcast? That'd be great if we hired. 
Got him a good position person. This episode of A Beer with Atlas is sponsored by Odd 13 Brewing in Lafayette, mm-hmm. Colorado. See how cool that sounds? It does sound cool. <laughs> there we go. We'll, you know, bookmark that and see what they say. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start with some research, and it's about Cinco de Mayo, right? Mm -hmm. So this is what we're doing today. Mm -hmm. This is the episode. This is why we're picking the beer. Uh, We've talked about previous uh, years about how uh, all the Mexican beers, a lot of them were in German style, you know, lagers and whatnot. Uh, And so this time I wanted to go uh, American craft beer. because America is kind of the place where Cinco de Mayo happens. Yeah. So, um, what is Cinco de Mayo? Got any ideas, Rich? What, what, what are we actually celebrating the Cinco de Mayo? Fifth of May. Right, but why is that a famous day or popular? Or... It's got to be some sort of like Mexican independence or something, right? That's actually what a lot of people think, there but we it's go. a myth. It's, it really? It's not yeah. true. No? Mm-hmm. It's a victory. It was a battle. They were fighting France. Mexico was battling France in 1862. Weird. And they won this battle. It was called the Battle of Puebla. Puebla. Puebla, yes. Okay. Okay. And they weren't supposed to win this war. They weren't supposed to win this battle, uh, but they did. The reason it was a kind of an important battle is because um, France was trying to win this location so that they could set up shop and help the Confederates in the Civil War in the United States. Oh. So it was going to be like a supply line. And Mexico won. They were outmanned and outgunned, but they ended up winning that battle. Good for them. But they lost the war. Yeah, whatever. Uh-huh. But that's why it's an important day for them. Uh, Mexican Independence Day, as Dolan said earlier, is September 16th. So most people think it is like our 4th of July, but it's not. It's just a battle that was important. Um, how, do you, the, how do you say September in Spanish? Do you know? Septiembre? Yeah. Boom. Yep. Wow. I was going to try to go, let's see. Uh, gosh, how would you say September? No, not that way. September. See, it just doesn't roll off the tongue like Cinco de Mayo. No, it doesn't. Oh, man, I, uh, I I may have done that on a an assignment in school to clown my teacher. Oh boy. I mean, I had two of them, and I did the one the right way, and then the second one, I just hi-o, my-o, name-o, is-o, added o. Oh, boy. Yep. At some point, we're going to figure out that Dolan never really did graduate from high school. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, the guy that was in charge of the French side was Napoleon III. So, Interesting. Back in the day, he, that was his thing, and he lost that battle. Um, it's not a national holiday in Mexico. Really? No, but it is in the United States. So George W. Bush said this is a national holiday in the United States <laughs> and it is but it is not in Mexico GW made this a, a mm-hmm. really yeah I would never I didn't know this um it kind of became something that people knew about or started thinking about back in the 30s 1930s um FDR president back then mm-hmm. uh started this thing called the good neighbor policy which state farm should have sued him for Uh, Because they were around 40 years before that. But either way, uh, it was because basically the United States had been going around to the Latin countries and, you know, poking around and messing with them. Sure. And, you know, doing their things that we like to do. And so they said, well, we should probably try to improve the relations with some of these countries. And one of those things was bringing in these sort of celebration days and um, just cultural events. So FDR brought that 
up to like the public basically and said, oh, this is something that is important. Um, in 2005, it became the national holiday here in the United States. Um, and then I found some things uh, that are in the United States that, or in, in this continent, I guess I should say, that people do on Cinco de Mayo. Okay. Um, the biggest celebration in the entire world for Cinco de Mayo is in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. California. I would have guessed the Texas, but okay. They have a huge parade and all sorts of stuff. Hmm. Um, in Washington, D.C., I don't know if they still do this, but they did up until before the COVID times. Hmm. They have a running of the Chihuahuas. <laughs> that is a Mexican dog breed, I guess. Oh, oh the most aggressive dog ever. Mm. There you go. <laughs> um, there is, oh, what is it? Oh, I found it here. Okay, in the Cayman Islands. So I don't know. Is that a United States kind of thing? Like 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 Puerto Rico's? Yeah. A, yeah like I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. Y- yeah, they're, I think they're territory or whatever. Something like yeah. that. So they have on the Cinco de Mayo there an national air gar- air guitar competition. Oh. <laughs> so you can go there and play air guitar, and uh, that's their big thing on Cinco de Mayo. This is why other countries hate us. Probably. Right. <laughs> we just we make a caricature of something that was so great in their history. Uh, in Vancouver, they do something um, that's called the skydiving boogie. Weird. For Cinco de Mayo. Well, Canadians. And it's basically, they jump out of airplanes mm-hmm. and they have like this choreographed dance that they will do and they like go through, somebody will hold up like a hula hoop and they go through it and flip and do all these things <laughs> and then pull the parachute. But that's their Cinco de Mayo celebration. What does this possibly have to do with, with, Mexi- with, with Mexican history and heritage? I don't think and... anything, really. Okay. I mean, I, they definitely weren't jumping from planes in 18... 18- <laughs> What, what was the year? 62. 62? Wow. I mean, <laughs> depends on who you listen to. I don't right? think so. I mean, right? Yeah. <laughs> that, could be fault. that could be fake news. There is a traditional dance that is the dance of Cinco de Mayo. Okay. And it's called the Baye Folklorico. <laughs> okay. So kind of like Rico on our can here. Mm. Um, that dates... It's a, da- a dance that predates this battle. It goes all the way back to 1810. Hmm. So it's something that they do. Um, when you think about Cinco de Mayo and you're thinking about Mexico, you're probably thinking about super colorful dresses and outfits, you know? Yes, yes. Um, that is like the official outfit of this day. Those are called Puebla dresses because of the Battle of Puebla. Hmm. So that's hmm. the name of any of those like real, like if you think of um, I don't, any sort of, Cinco de Mayo, whatever you think in your mind mm-hmm. of somebody in a street, like on a parade, that's yep. a Puebla dress. Hmm. Um, the official dish, I'm going to guess Dolan's had this or something similar. Okay. Mole poblano. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and that was the native dish to Puebla. Huh. So that's where it came from. And then because of that and because of the battle and all that stuff, that's the dish of Cinco de Mayo. Mole is just. Chocolate. So chocolate, yeah, and Peppers. I'm assuming the pepper that they use is and the pepper po- poblano. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You like the mole? Yes, really. Love okay. it. Okay. Love it. If you do it right and it's not bitter, it's mm-hmm. pretty sweet. Super good. Good stuff. Okay. Maybe I've never had it done the right, right way. Maybe. Yeah. If you a really easy way to do it is just get the mole like the premixed stuff. Okay. At the store. Sure. Like the can. It's like a yeah. It's like a little glass jar oh, almost yeah, yeah. and okay. it's the seasoning and it'll tell you how to do it hmm. um making it homemade is i think Make a lot of all work day. i mean yeah. yeah i mean i've watched my mom put hershey's chocolate bars and then 
all these other things in there and really? and it's really good but i think it's easier just yeah. to use oh the- yeah <laughs> i mean you're talking a, a whole day's wow. worth of yeah it's like a italian like sauce it takes all day you gotta mm. sit there and stir it and yeah. all that like that's what you're talking about with this mm. um a couple other things i wanted to write down about cinco de mayo or may 5th there's two other events that were important um, in the United States, I guess. The first one was the first manned space flight. So that happened on... On May 5th? May 5th, oh. 1961. Okay. And then the opening of Carnegie, if you're in the know, that's how you could say it, Carnegie Hall. But Carnegie, Carnegie Hall. Not Carnegie. No. Carnegie. Carnegie, uh-huh. yeah. So he was some you know big philanthropist dude, like Pennsylvania Steel Money, and yeah. opened a lot of schools and, and theaters and things like that, and that happened also on May 5th. So that is just a little bit of Cinco de Mayo info that I have for us. Nice. Here's what I thought was kind of fun. Uh, Did you do any research on Mexican lagers themselves? Like what makes them different from from a regular lager? No. I'll tell you what it is. And I wasn't surprised by this. Do you know what the difference is? I have no idea. Corn. Corn. I was going to say, yeah. Oh. yeah so. It's corn. So, and it's, it is, okay, so uh, for the most part, this I took this right off of a brewing site. For the most part, lo- these lagers are relatively clean, have zero bitterness, but they aren't sweet, which I guess maybe the maybe the adjunct gives it a little sweetness or, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, part of the magic is the introduction of flaked maize, which is just corn that's been rolled through hot rollers to remove the germ, oil, and most of its protein. It's then added to the mash and typically dries the beer out slightly and adds a crispness since flaked maize carries hardly any protein compared to malted barley. Okay. Hmm. So that's what gives it that different... Also, it makes it smooth. Smooth. So you'll out, use a yeah. lot of um, flaked um, th- grains in like stouts. You'll see that a mm-hmm. lot of times. Hmm. If you go, like I know Patriot Homebrew Place out here, mm-hmm. what is that, Millard or wherever that is? Elkhorn. It's in, it's in Elkhorn, yeah. So they have a, which is really super nice because otherwise you got to do it yourself. But you can go there and buy it already flaked, flaked. or gristed, ground them, like mm-hmm. whatever you want for your recipe. But uh, my brother-in-law, he always does it himself at his house. But oh, um, it's nice to have a place that you can go and just it's already done for you. And you just scoop up what you need and take it to the counter. And yeah, right there you go. Yeah, cool. I, I didn't know that. Last little bit was it was it's a cheap substitute for malted barley, though it can only take up forty percent of the grain bill. So, but still, I mean, if your forty percent is a cheaper substitute, then I mean that brings the cost of your of sure. your brew down. Well, and yeah, that was, I mean, if we're talking a hundred and something years ago, when these kind of probably started there, right? There's a lot of corn, and you're not bring. They're probably not growing a lot of barley in Mexico. I'm guessing. And I know I've said this before in in some of the Cinco de Mayo episodes that we've done or whatever. I always just assumed before my beer days that there was some sort of spiciness to it, right? I just that was an incorrect Mm -hmm. assumption. I know others may have that assumption that maybe the lime is there to 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 smooth out the spiciness or whatever. They're absolutely that that that's a yeah. That's not part of it at all. It would probably be pretty good if it did have some spice to it. It would. I think so. Yeah. Like some jalapeno or something in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It says corn right here on the malt. Corn. On the can. Yep. Corn. Hmm. I, I, I and think, Vienna malts, which is old school lager, like that's exactly what you're looking for. So. Well, I think that's, yeah, that's part of it is it's got to balance out, right? I mean, like you said before, we it's it's always been like a traditional German style. Yeah. 
that they've adapted or whatever. So you've got the traditional German malt, and then you've got the corn added in to make it what it is. So on this can, it lists the hops. And these are not hops I'm familiar with. No. Because usually the hops in like an IPA, Mm -hmm. we know those names, right? We're seeing them over and over and over. Over and over. I assumed there would be some sort of citra or something citrus. We can't even pronounce two of these. Yeah. Tatang? Tetnang? There's a lot of T's. Mothra, hop. <laughs> it looks like Mothra. And Saz. That one's pretty cool. We've like had Saz before. Maybe. In, yeah. But I don't know. That. Yeah, those are those are names I'm not familiar with. So, yeah, probably zero, uh, probably 10 IBU or something like that, I bet. We'll see when we check out the tap. So I'm sitting there at the store. I'm like, Citrico, Citric, Citrico, Citrico. So maybe it's rich in citrus, right? Oh, yeah. Rico. Okay. Sure. Spanish for rich. Is it? I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. Right? Okay. Yeah. And then my next word I thought of instantly, being the age that I am, yeah. is suave. Oh. <laughs> rich and smooth. Here we go. Uh, Rico suave. <laughs> A one-hit wonder. Yeah. Real name? Gerardo Mejia. <laughs> but he went by Gerardo. Gerardo. He was a one-name guy. He was like, you know, Madonna and Prince. Except for no hits, except for this one. <laughs> uh, he was from Ecuador. And he moved to the United States, specifically Glendale, California, when he was like 10 to 12 years old. Okay. So he shows up, um, and he's like, sounds like like a wonder kid. Like he's uh, a good dancer, mm. a singer. He's a rapper. He does all these things. Um, shows up in movies. That's his first break. He's it, in a movie you've definitely seen. I, that's At a, least one, maybe two. Anything we've seen, yeah. Can't Buy Me Love. No. 1987. Get out of here. I saw that in the drive-in. Yeah. Uh, his, he played a guy named Ricky. Uh, well, we gotta go back and see the movie, but sure. Uh, and then in 1988, this is a famous movie for us people our age. Don't mm-hmm. may not know this one, but it was a movie called Colors. Oh, yeah, it's like a gang movie. Ooh, drop right? that song in here. So he plays a guy named Bird, and in this movie, he gets to break dance. Oh, and that's where they're like, oh, this guy's got some skills. Well, guess what? A year later, he's like, hey, I can sing and stuff too. Uh-huh. So he starts working on his album. Okay. And then finally, the single comes out, 1991. The album, I remember this forever, is called Mo Ritma. So Mo, M-O, with apostrophe, Ritma, R-I-T-M-O. I don't know what that stands for. I have no idea. But that's the name of the album. Hmm. And the song, Rico Suave, mm. is on <laughs> MTV. Oh. Like every 20 I, minutes. I absolutely remember this. The tight jeans. Yes. I mean, so tight. Like, like the black and on. white kind of. He had that like dancing. corded belt, and he yes. had the hair and a like a bandana <laughs> yep. and like a long hair, mm-hmm. and then he had, was shirtless for a while, or he had like a vest, yeah, uh, cowboy boots, black cowboy boots. I remember, yeah, and he was Rico Suave. He was. I mean, this dude was looking <laughs> good. Yeah. Guess how high the song went on the charts? Uh, it didn't go to number one. No, only hit number seven. What? And that was that was as high as it got, which huh. surprised me. So it must have been the MTV influence. I don't remember listening to it on the radio. I remember the video. They played the shit out of it on MTV. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. It was one of the very first songs that like charted, charted, especially that high that had English and Spanish language. Yes. And that was the reason I thought would be good for us because United States is the place that celebrates this holiday and not in Mexico. Yeah. So that's the combination there. And that's what he did in this song. That's kind of why it was um, unique, I guess. It stood out oh, yeah. among the 90s, early 90s crowd. Because we're talking, this is when Nirvana was around, right? Their first like big hit album was coming out. This was right around the same time. Well, I guess it had been a year after or so when, uh, when uh, One by Metallica when they did that when they did that video and that was that exploded on MTV mm-hmm. like you could count on that every 20 minutes to a half hour so mm-hmm. and this was kind of i guess this was maybe a year later but you could count on this one to about be on. This, yeah about the same yes um he had a follow up single i don't know if you remember this one no it was called we want the funk now you know that is probably a parliament song that's title that's a parliament song and he kind of like redid it a little bit but the, it was still uh. we want the funk that sort of was like the keystone of it. Uh, mm. I think it made like 88. Baby, you know what we want. Did George Clinton give the okay? I don't think back then they did that yet. You know, they didn't have like um, sampling laws and stuff like that. Huh. Uh, in the early, early 90s. Um, but if it happened nowadays, oh yeah, he'd be for sure in trouble. Right. Um, so I think he was smart. And he was like, you know what? Uh, this probably isn't where I'm going to make all my money. So around the same time, he hooks up with Interscope Records. Oh. And I think he still works for them. He's like an A&R guy. Hmm. Um, like maybe a vice president or something pretty high up at Interscope. Really? And he's credited with discovering these two people I've actually heard of. One is Enrique Iglesias. Yeah. So yes. how, how could he be discovered when his dad is Julio? But okay, that <laughs> sure. happens in 99 or so. And then this other rapper, which I've heard of because he had one hit song. I don't know if he's still around, but his name was Bubba Sparks. Yo, Bubba I've Sparks. heard of Bubba, Bubba Sparks. Sparks. Yeah. So he the... was another discovery of Gerardo wow. Mejia. And then after that, um, he got married and his wife was Miss California. Get out. Yeah, pretty awesome. Or something like, or Miss West Virginia. It was something like that. It was one hmm. of those two states. Good no, work. it was West Virginia. Okay. And then he became, at the same time he was working at Interscope, he still did some acting and some music stuff. Um, but then he also became a pastor. And he like went to school, seminary school or training in Kansas City. What? And then he has, I wrote it down somewhere, he has his own church. It's in Kentucky. So he has his own like following in, in some small town in Kentucky. His daughter was Miss California like two or three years ago. So followed in her mom's footsteps, hmm. went the beauty route. None of these things seem congruent. Or it seem, right? seem like they go together, right? It's they strange. Se- they seem very incongruent. And that's how that... Yeah, that's that's what he's been doing. So he's working his nine to fiver, I guess, at Interscope as a pastor. Was in movies and TV shows and stuff, and still does some music. Um, nothing ever reached the level of Rico Suave. He does describe himself. I saw this on the internet as a Latin Elvis or Latin Frank Sinatra, which I got to say, no. Uh, <laughs> so he thinks a lot of himself. I think, yeah, but. 
if you watch the Rico Suave video, sure, that guy's pretty confident. Oh yeah, and he should have been back. If yeah. I look like that, I would do that too. Yes, <laughs> and dance. He could. Oh, he could dance. Yep. So that's our yeah. little fun Rico. Who came first? Did Gerardo come first, or did did uh, did uh, Ricky Martin come first? Right, Ricky Martin is that? Oh, Ricky Martin was later. Was he definitely? Yeah. Uh, Well, he was in Menudo. Oh, and that was like a kids' Spanish language group Mm -hmm. in like the eighties. So he was before that, but as a solo career, was would have been this Mm -hmm. guy Gerardo. But he Gerardo probably would have known about Menudo in the eighties in Ecuador. Okay, so from other, from what I remember from other videos, who came first then, Gerardo or Right Said Fred? Because none of them wore shirts in their... Gerardo. Gerardo did? Because Right Said Fred was in junior high school. Here's why I know that. Okay. We had a talent show in eighth grade. Mm. And my friend, um, well, my friend named Dave Bestie, he plays bass for the Rival Sons. Okay. And they're... Yeah, pretty I know. rockin' band, right? Yeah. So his first, one of his first bands, him and his brother and one of their friends, Aaron Hartman, uh, they did like a Texas Flood cover, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Okay. was would have been like 92 is when this was around. So they did that. There was another band that did um, Guns N' Roses, whatever off of uh, Use Your Illusion. They did a song off of that. Oh, wow. Okay. And then, like you could be mine or something, the, something like the that. One? Okay. And then there was a girl. Uh, her name was Kachita Hines. Okay. And she ended up being a cheerleader in high school, and then later on, she was like a professional, like swimsuit model. Whoa. She, in this time, she was dating this real. Um, I would say, I think nerd is a good term. He would probably be okay with it. Good work. Um, he's like a cartoon illustrator. Like that's what he does now, oh. and that sort of stuff. Uh, he's a really good drawer. Anyway, they were dating. Okay. And she did a dance in the talent show uh, to the tune of Right Said Fred's whatever that song was. I'm Too Sexy. And he was so embarrassed that they broke up. What? And that was probably the worst <laughs> day of his life because... What a dummy. Yeah. If you could see where their lives went. But, you know, he's mm. happy and he's married and all that good stuff now. But that's why I remember that exactly because I sat in the auditorium and I was just like... I looked over at him. I was like, dang. Whoa. And he wasn't, he wasn't excited as, he as was we mad. were. Yeah. Wow. And I was pretty pumped that they could play that song at Pound Junior High School <laughs> in 1992 or whatever it was. In 93. Man, what a doofus. So that's how it goes, you huh? know? Kids are, you know, 12 or 13. They do stupid stuff. I guess. Like break up with a girl who turned out to be a cheerleader or a dance squad girl <laughs> over Right Said Fred. But right, yeah. that's how I know that song came after <laughs> Gerardo. I'm just thinking of like shirtless dudes in videos like from the time that like yeah. very deliberate yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> yep. And that wasn't generally my music style back then. No. I was more of the plaid long sleeve shirt or the plaid tied around the waist Mm. band guy. Uh, But you know, I you know you have have to sit through those to to see this one, I guess, or vice versa. Yeah, I get it. So TripAdvisor says uh, four out of five stars on sixteen reviews for this place. Small sample size. Not big. Not big. Does anybody anybody have you ever done a TripAdvisor review? No. Me neither. No. Like, I wonder if anybody uses it. Is it outdated? I it, should it be Yelp? Should we I be doing Yelp reviews? It. I mean, I can. Yelp, uh-huh. I can mix those in and see. I wonder, because like, I don't know. Have you ever done a TripAdvisor review? Well, I know. The only reviews I've done is the Google reviews. Mm. And the reason I used to do that 
was because when I was in college, I don't know if they still do it, but if you give reviews, then you get points. And then if you get so many points, you get like money to spend on google for like so apps and something in it for you yeah, yeah. so that's a good college angle yeah that's better than giving blood or plasma well you could do that too while you're giving blood or plasma <laughs> your reviews might not be great but <laughs> you get double the money well and that's the thing you know i feel like reviews are kind of weird that way because i feel like if you're going to leave review like you had a really bad time yeah. You know, you're more likely to re- leave a bad review than a good review. Or you had a great time. Like, you had a great time. Yeah. Like, yeah. the one I picked out. Like, I always pick one out, uh-huh. right? So, here we go. And this is right up our alley. So, this is a review. A local bartender recommended this brewery because my husband and I love IPAs. So, one, local bartender says, mm-hmm. this is the place this you is should where go. I would go. Yep. Right? Cha-ching. It did not disappoint. I'm very glad we made the trek about 25 miles from downtown Boulder. We really enjoyed the beers we tried. It was there was good indoor seating and a food truck as well. That's a pro tip. Like when if you're yes. going to be on vacation for more than a couple of days in the same place, and you're going to a bar, ask the bartender where do you go? Yes. Where do you want to get? Where if you're off tonight, where do you go get beer? Yep. And then you go there. Yep. Because it's going to be good. There's a couple times where I've been on trips in in a bar and I go to order something, and the bartender's like you don't want that. Mm. I'm like, really? But it's, I, I want to try something local. local. Like, no. Like, no. Mm, just kind of stay away from that brewery. Or, you know, the flip side, you actually want this. Like, Yeah. So, I don't who, know. Who knows better than the person working there? Than the bartender. Yeah. yeah. I've had that, I've had that luck too, especially in Colorado. Uh, when you ask, there's, there's one just down the left hand brewing. I've been to left hand mm-hmm. a number of times. Uh, and one time I was there with my brother and his wife. My wife was there. And uh, we had some time to kill. And I, so I asked the bartender, I'm like, where do you guys go drink beer? Like, I know you drink your beer, but like, where do you guys, what, who, who do you guys hang out with? And he's like, you need to go about three blocks down, about four blocks down. You Three blocks down, turn right, go four blocks down. There's this brewery called Insane, or, or called uh, Bootstrap. Oh, yeah. And they make an IPA called Insane Rush. Hmm. Like, okay. That, and ever since then, I've been a fan. Well, So like, that's where that guy goes to drink beer. Yeah. After, you know, he drinks lots of milk stout from left hand. I did that in Vegas. Oh. At Banger Brewing down mm-hmm. on this, like, downtown. Like, what was that place? On Fremont Street? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was the game um, where the Chiefs had to come back against the Titans and win. Yes. And we were there for the whole game. And we had Ubered down there and talked to the bartender. I spent a lot of money that day. Because <laughs> <laughs> we had had bets made with people in the in the thing because they were cheering <laughs> against the Chiefs, and I was, like, getting all mad about it. And it was like we got there at opening. We had started our Vegas day at, like, 6 in the morning. Whoa. So by the time we'd been there, we'd been drinking for about six hours or so. Mm-hmm. We got there. towards the, Well, by the time the game's over, we're like, we need some food, man. Like, where can we go and have a good beer and some food? I didn't want to use my phone, whatever. I was like, mm-hmm. this guy will know. And he's like, yeah. go two blocks down. I would have been east. And then a block to the north, there's a pizza place there. He's like, go get that. Mm. I was like, oh, pizza, I'm, I'm in. Mm. And it was the best, probably the best pizza I've had in Vegas for wow. sure. But that's that's another one of those ask your bartender stories. Like, they mm. know what's up. Locals know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay, untapped. You are going to be shocked by this. 102 check-ins. That's it. That's it. This must be new this year. 
I had not seen this label before, so it's got to be new. I mean, I looked on their website to see what kind of beers they had, and there was no like blurb about it. It was just the name on there. Because some of them had, like, here's all the information, here's what's on tap. Mm-hmm. This one's on tap, but there was nothing written about it, so mm. I don't know. So 102 check-ins, where do you think we fall? Three, six, three. Three, seven, seven. Three, six, eight. Ooh. Close. I, three, seven, five all day long for me. I'd buy, what do you buy this in, a four-pack? It was a four pack. Yeah. I'd buy this. I would buy multiple four packs of this to enjoy by the pool. Yeah. Or like oh, you said, yeah. with some nachos. It's currently making... really warm outside. Mm-hmm. It will. Yeah. So it was like ninety well. yesterday. Yeah. It is it's absolutely fantastic. Okay, so then next week we've got well, next week, for the next three weeks, uh, it's May. And we're going to do mainstream May again. It's gonna be May. It's gonna be May. It's gonna we be can't May. get any more mainstream than the three beers that we're going to do for this month. Yeah. And I am excited about next week. And I dislike their beer with every fiber mm. of my being. I dislike the city <laughs> that it's located oh, in. Boy. But the history behind it is going to be awesome. It's going to be a heavy episode. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him. Teaser. <laughs> All right, fellas, we're not going anywhere for a while. Let's have another beer. Thank you for listening to A Beer with Atlas. Special thanks to our brand team for producing the show. Each episode of A Beer with Atlas is powered by Atlas Medstaff, an industry leader in travel healthcare staffing.